what's up, everybody? It's the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and today we're going to take a look at the Indianapolis Colts' 27-20 victory over the Houston Texans. And I watched this game for a number of different reasons. Wanted to see how the Colts kind of fared it out versus the Texans. And I, I wanted to see the, the D- David Johnson performance. How did Deshaun Watson look? How did the wide receivers look? So there was a lot of things I wanted to see from this game. And it turned out to be kind of exciting. You know, this game came down to the wire. And you wouldn't have thought that with the way it started. You know, Colts got up 14 nothing. kind of looked like they were going to pounce on the Texans. But the Texans fought hard in this game. And I got to give them credit, you know, for, for doing what they did. And it's just been unlucky that they fumbled twice against the Colts and that's led to two losses, but I don't think they were going to be in the playoff mix anyway. They don't own their first or second round picks. So, you know, wins and losses isn't as important, but it still helps to have your draft picks be a little higher up for the rest of the draft. So the fact that you lost the game, not the end of the world when you weren't in it in the first place, but losing isn't fun by any means, but winning is, and the Colts did so. So let's start with them. You know, I don't think we've been counting on Phillip Rivers for much to this point, but we are counting on him to move the offense and to keep our Colts options viable. And he wasn't great today. It was okay. It was fine, but they played tighter coverage and they seemed to have a better feel, they being the Texans, for what the Colts were doing. So there was tighter coverage on TY. There was, you know, a lot of things that it felt like the Texans knew what the Colts were going to do in those times. So it felt like that was part of the reason for the better play today. Phillip Rivers is limited to a degree on what he can do, you know, what passes he can make and the like. So having a second look at him, I'm guessing they can't get as creative as some of the other teams that have, you know, bigger arm quarterbacks because Phillip just doesn't quite have the fastball that he used to. I kind of liken it to baseball pitchers because that's an easy thing to kind of think about. And they don't give us miles per hour really on throws typically for NFL balls. So I think of Phillip Rivers as a guy that got by throwing it about 92, 93. And now he's kind of getting by throwing it in the high eighties. So he's one of those guys that's having to use finesse. He's having to use his smarts and he's not as able to go down the field with those passes. So that kind of limits you in what you can do on offense, which is the reason that people have been moving away from quarterbacks like that. Throw in the aspect where he's not very mobile in the pocket either. He's kind of a statue back there. It's easier to rush him. And really, the big thing for the Indianapolis Colts has been they've had the line to protect him. They've had the line to run, and they've been doing a lot better job recently ever since they installed Jonathan Taylor as the lead back. So that's something they'd been kind of ramping up towards. And then he fumbled. And then they went back to it in the last couple of games, much to my delight. So that's been interesting. It's been an up and down ride for anybody that drafted him in the fourth round. And I truly believe that the Indianapolis Colts were setting up to use Marlon Mack in a big way. And that Jonathan Taylor was going to end up probably, you know, getting a good deal of the touches by the end of it. But I, I got to think the role would have been a lot lower. But it happened the way it happened, and we're, we're here now. As far as Phillip Rivers goes, I just don't know that it's going to be something anybody's going to want to try and count on with the Steelers next week because the Colts do have a tough matchup. Steelers are still a tough matchup. They still have Watt. 
they still have a Hayward. So if you can't handle that, then it's going to be a tougher day. Hopefully, you know, everybody come, came out of this healthy with the Indianapolis Colts line. Something I'm going to be looking for is the injury report on the left tackle because they don't really have a ton behind him. So to have him in the game is big. Costanzo is who you definitely want to have as far as the left tackle. So I know it's weird to look at the injury reports for a line, but that makes a huge, huge difference in how I'm feeling about my Colts next week. Philip Rivers, you're not probably not starting him. Jonathan Taylor, you probably are. With the way he's consolidated the touches, the way they're using him, he kept the ball tight. He's been keeping it tight so he can't fumble, and I love, I love to see that. Two hands on the ball is okay with me with this guy because he's so strong that he doesn't really need his hands a lot of the time to you know make stiff arms. And like He's good with that too. I love the way he's been running. He's got a great size-speed combo. Uh, apparently he ran a 4.39 coming out of the combine, and he looks bigger than you would expect for a guy that runs like that. And ever since they installed him as the lead back, they've been getting a lot more out of their running game, and I've got to think they've noticed that because they finally kind of installed him as the number one back. You know, he ended up getting 20 touches, and, you know, he did something with it. And admittedly, it was a little disappointing when he came out as hard as he did in the first drive and got the touchdown and was just running over people and the like. So I wish it could have been a bigger day, but he did just fine. And he looks strong out there. They're using him a a good deal. They still mix in Naheem Hines. I wish he could consolidate those touches too, but it was only seven touches. So I can be okay with that as long as they're using, you know, Jonathan in the leverage plays, and they are. And he got really close to scoring another touchdown with the red zone touch. And then they kind of just get, did this weird pass to Zach Pascal, who actually scored two touchdowns, which we'll talk about in a moment. But Jonathan, I got to think that I'm still going with him, at least in a flex scenario. You know, if you're still start playing in the playoffs at this point, very least a flex. I mean, he looks strong out there. And really, like I said, the fact that he only got what he got was a little disappointing. So I think he's got more to give. So, and, and you know, he, Philip Rivers checked down to him a couple of times while he was in there. So they really featured him a good deal more than they did in, in previous weeks. And even, you know, and of course, you know, he just didn't break a big one like he did last week. We'll see how it goes. I want to see, I want to start him. Maybe you have better options, but I doubt it. Steelers haven't been as strong. So I got to think he's going to be able to get at least some or at least his because they are so committed to running the ball and their line, you know, does have some chops to do so. So I'm excited about Jonathan. I, I was encouraged, even though I was a little disappointed when he came out like a house on fire in that first drive. So I wanted more and he nearly got a chance to go to overtime, but we'll get to that part when we get to the Houston Texans. Now, as far as the options go for the passing game, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. The tight ends are splitting the work too evenly to trust any of them, despite Phillip Rivers being a tight end guy. That's too bad. I love Mo Cox. I wish he could get the role by himself and see what he could do with it. But at the same time, they're not, they're, that's not going to happen at the, for what they've got going on. So I'm over that dream. Kind of over the Michael Pittman dream as well. He's just been too inconsistent as far as the targets go. And he's got plenty of talent, but he's still a rookie. And they're still not using him in a volume-type role that would really you know, get you excited. T.Y. Hilton kind of disappointed the way that he had always 
you know, dominated the Texans to a good degree. So I'm a little disappointed in that, despite, you know, him getting 71 yards. It looked like it was going to be an extremely disappointing day until the final drive where he took it all the way down to the two-yard line. That's where Zach Pascal got the touchdown again. So could have been a bigger day, you know, if he just fallen two yards further or, you know, so that that part feels good. But still, the Steelers offer a good challenge, kind of pushes him out of the wide receiver two category. I felt like he was in today more into a wide receiver three. If he's your third wide receiver in a three wide receiver league, great. But at the same time, I'm just not quite there as far as where I was this week going into two weeks of crushing it beforehand. And those were touchdown dependent weeks. So he didn't fall in the end zone today. So it wasn't quite as good. And here we are. But it could have been better. And I just, it was weird that Zach Pascal got so many targets because he had one catch in the three games before that. So it was kind of a little out of the blue. And I don't know if that's something I'd be targeting unless it was an extremely deep situation. So it felt pretty fluky. And uh, it just could have easily had been T.Y. You know, he caught it on a slant on the first one, and then it was kind of this out-of-the-backfield type play on the second one. Didn't feel super sustainable as far as Pascal goes. So maybe I'm still starting T.Y. if I have to. Probably not going towards Zach Pascal or Mike, Michael Pittman at this point. As far as a talent level in real-life football, I do like the weapons they put around Phillip Rivers. They kind of meet his needs as far as what he needs from a passing game. So it's not a bad job by this GM at all. I like the decisions that the Colts have been making as far as their draft picks go. And that's a big turnaround. And this is really just the beginning of the turnaround because, you know, they had a crappy, crappy GM before that. The only person that I feel like is probably left from that G- GM is T.Y. Hilton. The only picks that guy ever made was T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck, it feels like. Now, maybe, you know, you can probably go down and he – blind squirrel found a nut every so often but those are the only two really of note and the fact that they've done what they've done with, with the draft picks they've had since then is impressive and it goes to show you that within a couple of years you can build a contender if you make smart draft picks now the question will be who do they have at quarterback next year can't imagine it's philip i mean maybe he comes back but you know they're gonna have to really come up short as far as what else they come up with at quarterback, if that's what happens. Cause you know, like I said, he's still throwing in the high eighties, but he's a statue back there. And it's just not a, a top flight situation, especially not for 25. Maybe they get him to play for 15 or something. And it makes a little bit more sense. They can sign somebody, you know, a little bossier at different positions, but ooh, I don't know. I'm going to have to see what they come out with that. I'm going to, be interested to watch what Indianapolis does this offseason. So I'm going to be watching them pretty closely for the rest of the options to see, you know, what's worth it, what's not. Also, T.Y. just kind of came out of the blue, too. So that gives me a little pause as far as his next year. But he has been a lot better. So I'm probably still looking at him, even though it's the Steelers. It's just not with the doe eyes I was looking at him with this week. Let's move over to the Houston Texans. And, of course, Deshaun once again put the team on his back and basically tried to will them to another win. And it wasn't quite enough. Uh, came up a yard short when, you know, they punched the ball out on Kiki QT as he was about to go into the end zone to tie the game. And the Texans, you know, might could have won that game. So too bad on that part. That's uh, definitely disappointing that they couldn't pull this off for Deshaun. And it's really disappointing that they can't 
you know, get better line talent around him. And it's not like they were going to turn it around this season or anything, but still it's disappointing for, for Deshaun. I know he wants to win so bad and he's really doing everything he can to push this team further. He's been a lot more willing to run the ball, which has been good for his fantasy value. We only got to 25 today, but it's my theory that a quarterback has to run a certain degree to keep the eyes of the defense on him, and Deshaun has been more willing to do so, and I think that should be a permanent part of his game because he is so fast. And it's just felt like to me in seasons previous that he hasn't unleashed that as much as I would want. And certainly you got to keep him healthy, but at the same time, there's you got to toe this line between being, being too careful and being you know, too risky got to find this happy medium and you know five to six rushes a game is a start absolutely that's where kind of the floor uh, I think they they're talking about Kyler needs to run five times or more and they win the game etc I think Deshaun should also adopt a similar strategy and you know the one reason that I think that it hasn't been more lucrative is because the line just isn't good and really a lot of the times it's because he's running away from pressure and to go ahead and pile on the line because they deserve it. It's not just when they give up a sack or they get fooled or whatever it is. They also get pushed back into Deshaun a lot. Like even when they have a successful block, they're in his face, they're in his pocket. And it's just not a great scenario. I got to wonder if it's the scheme too. I just don't know what to put it on. If it's not the offensive line, specifically the right side, because Laramie Tunsil's fine and you know, they're paying him to be good, you know, absolutely. He's good, but the rest of the line is a sieve and it's just a bad scenario for Deshaun as far as his pockets, as far as him having to run away from pressure, as far as him taking hits, you know, I wish that it was running cool. I said this, so I think, I think it hasn't been cool running. It's been running away running and, you know, cool running is when he's able to get loose and there's, you know, there's field in front of him you know he's going to get 15 yards or he gets the third down or whatever and he still does that I mean they had him run a speed option where he took another hit but he got the first down because he wants to win so freaking bad I love Deshaun I think he's great for the league to really boost this Texans franchise up I mean because really it's all on his shoulders at this time and they're going to have to have a turnaround here and they're going to need to have two good drafts at least to really turn this around, especially in the offensive line. The good thing is they have talent at spots, you know, the wide receivers, if they can retain Will Fuller, that'll be good to go. Um, And you know what, David Johnson, I think he's good to go as well. I think he's a good NFL running back, maybe not $13 million good, but I don't think you can afford to quibble about your, your options right now. And we'll get to David Johnson in a moment. He was a big reason I watched this game because Deshaun was using him without Duke Johnson out there. And you know what? We might as well talk about it right now, too. That was a big difference for the Texans offense today to have David Johnson catching the ball out of the backfield. Previously, they had been using Duke Johnson in the last episode previously on the Houston Texans screwing things up. They've been using Duke Johnson in a pass catching role and he catches the ball great wonderful but once he gets it he's not as shifty he's not big and he's not really making a whole lot of dudes miss david johnson gets the ball and he does something with it 
So he takes the ball and runs with it hard. He's been running hard all season. It's just they've been limiting him to the between the tackles role. And you know what? If they'd have done that today, say he only catches two balls, then he has 10 touches for 27 yards. Let's, let's call it. Let's say even one of his big catches was one of them. Let's say he had 50 yards receiving on two. That's still 77 yards or eight points. That's a bummer. But when he catches 11 balls for 106 out of the backfield, then you add on the 27, you get some goal line carries in there. Maybe he scores a touchdown. Giddy up, that's something we can get behind. Because if he's catching the ball when the game script is going not going their way, and, you know, the running game hasn't really been there because of the lines, because the line has to move as a unit and they're not good overall. So having him catch the ball out of the backfield is humongous. And it was big for the Texans. And you could tell that Deshaun loved it because he was checking down to him. And when he's averaging 9.6 a, a touch on, on those touches, you got to love that. And like I said, he's been running hard. He has talent and he's shiftier than Duke Johnson, even at a smaller size. So I got to think that's something they got to go with because it was not good before and it really added an element to their offense that helped a lot. So 11 targets, I got to think they're going to rethink their strategy on having Duke Johnson out there if he is able to go. So I think this is something that might be sustainable. Makes me a little nervous because, you know, it's just this week and you have to trust it next week in the playoffs. But if you've had David Johnson to this point and you, and you got there and you can finally use him as a flex, that's exciting because you probably drafted him in the fourth or fifth round and he's been highly disappointed because, like I said, they took that away from him. And that's always been a part of his game. So I don't get – well, I do get because they wanted to phase Duke Johnson and Duke Johnson has such good hands. But, man, I got to think they look at themselves in the mirror and go back to the well on that and play David Johnson more snaps and the like. So – Excited about that. Buddy Howell was kind of the guy they backed him up with, and certainly I would have liked to have seen those five carries go to David. But at the same time, I don't see him as a threat, and I think David's somebody you can use. Obviously, you know, to finish up Deshaun as well, you were using Deshaun regardless. That's not a thing. We're going to use him regardless, especially with the matchup to end all matchups. Cincinnati Bengals. I know Cincinnati just did what they did to the Steelers, but Deshaun's a different animal as far as throwing the ball down the field. So I got to think they'll be able to put something together here. Like I said, I know the Bengals just did what they did, but I got to think that, you know, Houston Texans can take care of business. I'm not shying away from Deshaun. Probably going to start David Johnson in those roles. And you know what? If you're desperate at wide receiver, you might even think about one of the three wide receivers. Now, which one of them that is, that's the question. It's Brandon Cooks, Chad Hansen, and Kiki QT. Get your guns up for Kiki. And yeah, Kiki had the bad fumble for sure, but that was him going for a second touchdown as well. So I think if I was going to go for one of them, I think I would go for Kiki QT next week. He's out of the slot. I don't proclaim to know exactly who the Bengals slot receiver is, but I don't think anybody on the Bengals team really scares me all that much. Um, Chad Hansen, not as excited about him. He'd probably be my third rank underneath uh, Brandon Cook. So I'd probably go Kiki, Brandon Cooks, Chad Hansen, despite Chad scoring the touchdown. You know, they basically forgot he was on the field. He ran a deep cross, and the other guy went with uh, Brandon Cooks or whoever it was. And, uh, man, just easiest touchdown I've seen, one, or one of the easiest touchdowns I've seen all year. It was just a question of if the Texans could give him enough time, which is always a question. So, 
that's the problem for all of this is that the Texans line is horrible. So I'll quit saying that, but you have to kind of take all this with a grain of salt. But Deshaun is so good that I feel like if you're in a desperation situation and you have to have one of these receivers, I'd go Kiki, I'd go Brandon Cooks, and then I'd go Chad Hansen. That would be a super deep situation. But he's getting targets there. Really, the targets kind of ferreted out where David got the 11. Brandon Cooks and Kiki both got seven. It's just that Kiki, you know, kind of got the more leveraged touches, kind of looks for Kiki in the red zone more than he does Brandon Cooks. So that's where I think I would put the, you know, give the edge to Kiki QT. Um, I'm still not excited about either one of them just because they kind of ferret the touches out so much. It's not really a dominating, you know, target situation that you would want for your fantasy wide receiver. You know, T.Y. suffered from that as well when Zach Pascal got kind of got the fluky, you know, kind of targets as well. Who knows? I mean, yeah, those guys are probably all out there. Kiki may have gotten scooped up in the deeper bench situation. So if something's gone haywire, I think that's the order I would look at my Houston Texans receivers. And I got to think they're going to use them. But at the same time, it's hard to tell which one's going to be which on a given day. Well, that's what I've got for this game. Like, listen, subscribe. And as I've been saying, the important one is download. So if you've gotten to this point and listened to the podcast, go back and download it. Even if you don't listen again, just go delete it later and let your boy know that you're here. Uh, It's crunch time. So we got to know who to start and it's a week to week league. So I like to bring you kind of what's happening with these teams so you can be up to date and make good decisions. Hopefully you do so and you win yourself some money and I hope you have a great rest of your day.